Welcome to the weekend. This is the weekend break on 1521 2QN. Hi, friend. Happy days are here again. This is the weekend break podcast for 1521 2QN for our March 25 episode of the program. A big show coming your way. We're talking a number of important issues across our region. One is the horrible news during the week. Kai West Pub, an institution of our community across Northern Victoria in particular, burnt down during the week. We're talking to John about his experiences at the pub. We're also going to be talking to Vince Kelly, who's just been taking part in Tour de Cure. All that to come on the Weekend Break podcast. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. During the week, we had what is heartbreaking news for the community of Kai Abram and surrounds and out to areas like Stanhope and Gagari that the Kai West Pub, which is an institution of our community, burnt down. I went there a couple of times when I was playing at the Gagari Footy Club, but I can't quite speak to it in the way that some of the regulars can. John, however, can. John, you're joining us on the line. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. Good on you, AJ. No worries. John, this is this was a hard one for the entire community earlier this week with the news that the Kai West pub had burnt down. Correct, mate. And you know what? Um, people, friends of mine that rang me and, and people that I rang, I rang my son and I said, we've had a death in the family. He said, really? Who died? I said, the Kai West burnt down, mate. And that was, that was my gut feelings, how I felt about the Kai West and the people that work there. Um, and, and I, you know what, mate? I, I feel so sorry for the young people that were working there. Some of them were probably uh, school kids that had a part-time job waiting on tables. Simple stuff like that. They were just good people. It was just so friendly, you know? It felt like... It felt like... A real blow to our community. You said they're death in the family. It kind of felt that way. I remember waking up and my um, group chat of the older Chuka boys who played out of jig when I played there, and it was going off because that was where we'd like to stop when we were coming back from training and have a meal or something. Exactly. But it was it was such an institution for locals. You'd go in there every Wednesday night and have a uh, palmy night, and you'd go in and have a few drinks with people, and it was such a, a great atmosphere for the community. It wasn't a hotel, mate. It was a pub. And if you've seen the sign out the front, on the sign it said the Kai West Pub. It didn't say the Kai West Hotel. And that was where where you probably got the atmosphere. And you know what? The second second person that rang me to say about the Kai West burning down, that was at about 10 o'clock in the morning, roughly, um, was a mate of mine in Townsville. He's rang me from Townsville to say the Kai West burnt down. You know, like, that, that's, that's, how, that's how famous it is for somebody to be ringing you from Townsville um, to tell you the Kai West burnt down. And it was one of those, it's a proper, like, a proper old town pub. You know, you've got those, the bigger establishments in Echuca and Kai Abram and Tongala and stuff, but it's just this... This little place out on the road from Echuca out to Kai, just before you turn off to Jig, if you're going out there for you know, people who know that Jig Stanhope kind of area. Just this yep. small little place, but it attracted the regulars that were constantly in there and spending time together and just enjoying the atmosphere. And, John, speak to that a little bit, if you can, about what it was like being in there on the regular. 
Well, it, 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 it was amazing for me, for me, mate. Look, it may not be for everybody, um, but the um, we used to sit at the same table every time because when there was a, when the place was fairly full, um, it, it wasn't really good acoustically because um, there was a fair bit of noise there. Where we used to sit was in the corner, which was a little bit quieter than most of the other spot in the dining room, and. Um, Look, a normal Wednesday. We used to go there for Palmy Night. That was our that was our night out, and um, there was twenty eight different Palmies on the menu. And um, a normal Palmy Night, they would do around about seventy Palmies. Don't forget, this pub's nowhere near a town. It's approximately ten k's from Kyabram, approximately eight k's from Tongala. Nothing else around. Uh, no no farms or anything close. Um, probably half a K would be the nearest farmhouse. And um, then if you went out there and it was busy sometimes, they'd probably do 130 palmies in a place where there's no town. And you go you go out there and the car park would be full, mate, and you think, Jesus, lucky we're booked in. And I used to tell, I'd tell, tell friends of mine, they'd say, oh, we might go out to the Kai West for a palmy. I said, well, make sure you book a table, otherwise you won't get in. It's incredible to think that, isn't it? For yeah, you know, it's something special to us. But it was a small little pub, so to have that kind of patronage and people who would go out of their way to go out there, it's incredible for a little country pub. Not not only is that, mate, that the the beer was at the right price too. And all right, every every business has to make a quid, but like um, when when the uh, up until last Monday, when the pub burnt down, the pots were four dollars fifty. You know, <laughs> you know where you go, where you're going to get a beer in a pub for four dollars fifty, a pot. Absolutely, John. Can you tell us about maybe some of your favourite memories going out there? Everyone was favourite, mate. Every week was favourite. We we met actually uh, around about oh, about eighteen months ago now. Um, we 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 seen people out there every week, but we didn't know who they were. We said good day to them every week because they were there every week. And one night, this lady said to me, she said, "Oh, she said we say good day to each other every week." She said, "You want to come over and sit at our table?" And uh, I said, "I'll go and check with the missus because it was just me and the missus there this particular night." And uh, missus says, "Oh, no, I don't really want to." I said to this lady, "I said." What about we'll catch you next week? I said, we'll be sitting over in this corner. I said, you come over and sit down table with us. Well, we've been sitting with each other now for every Wednesday night for, for 18 months. <laughs> the only disadvantage is that we haven't been able to sit with our other friends because we've been we get become very friendly with these other people. And um, yeah, they're, they're just they're they're our sort of people, mate. And um, you know. If you if you accidentally swear out there, it doesn't matter. You know, there's, there's people there. Um, every every second table will be a husband and wife with their friends of a husband and wife, and they will have two or three kids. There'll be eight or ten people at a table, two families together. That was that was just normal. The family it was a family pub, and families were there every week. John, we'll, we'll let you go. We appreciate you taking 
a bit of time to chat to us today. As we said, it's a rough week for a lot of people. It's going to be something that's sorely missed. We don't know what the future holds, if it's going to be rebuilt or not. We, we don't know that yet, but you know, it, it really is a very sad week for our community. It is, mate. It is. It's, it, um, at the, when I first heard, and then when I talked, I don't know how many people I spoke to on uh, Tuesday after it burned down, like, I don't know, I might have talked to 20 or 30 different people on the phone, and there was a few times when I, I, I'll tell you now, I had a tear in my eye when I was talking to them. That's how much I, I'm going to miss it. And, um, yeah, it just, I, I don't know, I, I can't explain exactly how I feel that, it was. It's been a big part of our life for the last few years, and and you know what? I was only saying the other day. I reckon I was. I'm 70 now. I reckon I was 10 years old when I first went there, and I went there with our next door neighbours, and they used to have. <laughs> I can still remember they had an old grey Zephyr, and there was about. I don't know how many kids you must have been in the car. It must have been five or six of us in the car, and that was back in the early 60s, I reckon, and. Um, yeah, so that's how long I've been going with you, I reckon. John, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Good on you. Thanks for ringing, AJ. See you, mate. Ta-da. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. Joining us on the line from the Daniloquin Local Health Advisory Committee is Lorraine Liebenberg. Now, Lorraine, we've been talking about the women's wellbeing events that were going to be taking place in our town for a couple of weeks now. It's happened and it could not have gone better. Um, AJ, that is correct. We've been talking about it for months because it was postponed twice during the floods. But it did happen last night. Um, it was a wonderful event. We had over 180 women attend. It was a pink event and it was just such an awesome, um, happy, positive and vibrant space to be in last night with the messaging that we received from our guest speakers. And it's it's a good thing to be in a positive mindset when you're talking about these conversations because they're conversations that every woman needs to have about cervical screening and breast screening and looking after their health and taking those steps to make sure that some of the key issues that can affect women's health are addressed. Absolutely, and so we had um, we had excellent guest speakers, and they um, they was really so amazing to work with over the last six months in you know in setting new dates and setting new dates, and they just supported us so well. So we had Breast Screen New South Wales, um, a lady called Heather Hillam, and um, the amazing thing is that we have got the Breast Screen bus um, comes to Daniloquin every two years, and that's happening again in May. So this was a really timely conversation to have around, you know, why these breast screens are important, what are the criteria, and what are they looking for, what does the process look like, what can you expect? So, you know, a lot of those questions answered that, that people might not might not have. And so, um, and the bookings for that is now open, and people can book, of course, they can go onto our ALAC site and they can find the information. Their posters are up all around town, but it's a really um, easy number People can ring and, or they can book online and the number is 13, 20, 50. And so we t- encourage everybody who's eligible to book their appointments. And on top of um, having those professional screenings done, one of the, the key messages around women's health is that there are things that you can do for yourself, like breast checks can be done 
um, you know, when you're in the shower or just when you're around doing things. And if something doesn't feel right, that's the point to say, right, that isn't how it should be. I'm going to go to the doctor. And if it turns out to be nothing, it turns out to be nothing. But you're taking those proactive steps to look after your own health and to address if there is a potential issue. Absolutely. And look, we um, we had Bianca Armitage, who's a breast cancer survivor and a great candidate for, um, you know, for cancer um, support in our town. She She's from Canisys. She was our guest speaker and she had a very strong message around, um, you know, accountability and taking responsibility for your own health. And, you know, we often um, shove things to the side as women and we, you know, make our families a priority. But, but her message was really, you know, do your screens. If something is not right, act on it immediately. Um, find the right people to help you. And, um, and, and look, we, we had a strong message. Of course, we know that people in our community, not everybody has a GP. And that is the starting point for most people. But, um, you know, our women's clinics only come every three months. And, and the message was strong. You don't have to wait for those three months if you don't have a GP. If something doesn't feel right, if you've got signs and symptoms that are concerning to you, you can turn up to the ED department. People are not going to turn you away when there's something that you feel is not right. So, you know, we, we emphasise that very strongly. And we created an amazing resource um, with regards to breast screening and cervical screening. And we will make that resource available in print as well. Um, and it will be available from Community Health to be picked up there by anybody. Lorraine, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. You're so welcome. Thanks, AJ. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. Joining us on the line is the leader of the Victorian Nationals and our member for Murray Plains, Mr. Peter Walsh. Peter, it is a really difficult time for people, obviously, with cost of living pressures compounded by interest rates and things like that. And power bills are one of our big issues that we're having. The Victorian government is rolling out its power saving bonus for the community. Tell us about what that is and how important it is for our region. Well, people's power bills in Victoria are expected to go up by about 30% uh, through the winter, which will be a huge impost on people's household budgets. Uh, The Victorian government is opening up the power-saving bonus round four from the 24th of March uh, for all eligible households, including those that have received payments in the past. And I would encourage everyone to apply. This is taxpayers' money that's being spent by the government to assist people with their energy costs. So please take advantage of it because your bills will be getting a lot dearer this winter. How worried are you about the increase in power prices across the state and the impact it's going to have on the community? Extremely worried. I, I don't believe the government understands the pain they are calling to, causing to people's uh, household budget uh, with the increased energy costs, with increased government charges and taxes. Uh, people have a limited amount of money to spend and this will eat into, the, eat into their discretionary spend for other things that they may wish to do. Are there other steps that we should be looking at taking as a state in terms of how we can uh, reduce that cost on people and induce the, reduce the impacts that power bills are having on people? Well, I think everyone supports a transition to renewable energy, but it needs to be done in a sensible and managed way so it doesn't blow people's household budgets. It's as simple as that. Peter Walsh, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, AJ. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN.
Joining us on the line is Vince Kelly from the Daniloquin Golf Club. Although, Vince, you've been away from the club for a week because you've been out doing one of your charity bike rides, but unfortunately on your way back now. Yeah, that's right, AJ. I've been uh, participating in the 2023 Signature Tour for Tour de Cure Australia, um, which was to be eight days from Coffs Harbour to Noosa. And unfortunately, on day seven, on the morning of day seven, I tested positive for COVID, um, which meant that I, I couldn't participate further in the event. And, and now just on my way home. But, um, you know, we had a great six days riding and it was really tough. We raised a lot of money. I think the event's raised over $2 million. And we had a couple of great things that occurred on the on the uh, couple of great milestones that were reached uh, or announced on on the ride. And the first one was on Tuesday, where the charity recognised that they've now funded research, which has resulted in a hundred breakthroughs, hundred scientific breakthroughs, hundred new learnings about cancer itself. So that's uh, when they talk about a breakthrough, it's a piece of research that's been uh, reported, peer reviewed internationally. And people agree that it is something new in cancer. So it's a, a huge milestone, huge achievement for the for the uh, for the charity. And then uh, on Wednesday night, and well Thursday morning, people have seen it on sunrise. Um, they broke the 100 million dollars in terms of fundraised over the 17 years of the charity. So um, the cancer's motto is changing lives, curing cancer. And, uh, and we're definitely doing that. We heard a lot of stories about, uh, you know, personal stories for people. Um, you know, we had, we had the person, uh, a co-director of scientific research at the Melanoma Institute join us one night. I think that was day five, night four on the Gold Coast. And he spoke about how um, melanoma, if it was a, became a secondary cancer in the body, only 20 or 30 years ago, um, or, or even short of this period of time, maybe 10 years ago, it was a, essentially a death sentence to you. But the, the new treatments, in particular immunotherapy, um, is really has improved your, your chances. If you've got melanoma and it spreads in your body, um, the success rates of now curing that are about 50%. So um, we are seeing massive changes, and uh, it's all thanks to people who have given generously to, to the event and, and supported myself and supported the other riders and, and support support crew because we did have 130 odd riders and and about 50 odd support crew in the in the event and they uh finished yesterday uh in in noosa i remember watching um an episode of afl 360 in about 2017 and neil danaher was on talking about mnd and he drew the parallel of how quick medicine advanced by saying you know what was hopeless for jim steins became hopeful for Jared Roughhead and immunotherapy was a key part of that. And it shows how quickly when you invest the money into these kind of causes that you can get these advancements. So for someone like you who's been involved in these so heavily over the years, it must mean so much to you to see that kind of improvement being made and those kind of bits of news coming out. It is, AJ. Um, Seeing... We actually had, so my, my dad passed away 10 years ago and that was why I started on this ride this year. Um, and he passed away from melanoma. We had a gentleman who was in my team who I met in 2019 on the signature tour and leading up to the signature tour. And uh, he, he was in my team this year. And in 2019, when I met him on the training ride, he said to me, this will be my one and only signature tour. He had melanoma and his prognosis was that he would not be able to ride again or participate in a tour again. Um, he was here on the 2023 
signature tour in support. Uh, and about three weeks out from the um, from the event, he sent a message to our team group saying, "NED, so net exclamation mark exclamation mark immunotherapy works, yeah." And NED, I had no idea what that was. I had to ask my ignorance to say, "Sounds great, but what's NED? No evidence of disease." And here's a man I met four years ago who. Basically, they are saying to me, he wouldn't be here in four years' time. Uh, he has now got no evidence of disease. So, um, you know, we are making great, great, great steps forward. And um, it is, you know, it's, it's a really unique culture to get involved in a unique community because it's a like-minded group of people all trying to achieve the same things, and that's raise money and change people's lives. And, um you know, if anyone's ever seen this on Sunrise 7 or listened to me talk about it and think, yeah, that's something I can do, I'd like to do, get off your backside and do it. It is, you will not regret it. Um, and whether that be a rider or whether it, you, they need lots of people for support every year. And, and that's, um, you know, roles in terms of uh, navigation and, and driving cars and, and those types of things. There, there's lots of things that people can do with Tour de Cure without having to get on a bike and ride. I have no shame in admitting this, but I welled up hearing you talk about that. That's such an incredible story. And it puts it into perspective, doesn't it, the the incredible work that charities like this do. And again, I say this to you regularly when we do these chats, but kudos to you and to your, the team around you for the incredible work that they do. Yeah, look, it's not something I do alone, AJ. I have to thank my wife and my family for letting me do it. Um You know, I spend a lot of time out training. I think I think I worked it out prior to this event. It was something like eight days. You know, I, I, I ate lots of 24 hours on the bike in the previous 20 weeks. Um, it takes a lot out of your family, and you do plan a lot around of your training around or your life around how you're going to train for a week because you're trying to do 400 kilometres in a week in getting yourself ready for this. So, you know... I appreciate your kind comments, but I also have to recognise the people who have supported me and the people who have donated generously. I was very lucky on the very first day. A gentleman I used to work with, he was in Leeton, obviously me and Deneliquin, but I worked with him when I was working for Water New South Wales. And and he has donated to every one of my rides in the past uh, eight years. Uh, and he was there on the start line with me in Coffs Harbour because he's now moved to lives in, lives in Coffs Harbour. And that was just... So great, so special. We are to support, you know, to share that that experience. Just a very small part of the experience with someone who's been so generous with their with their fund, you know, with their funds, with their money towards Tour de Cure over the last, you know, this was my fifth tour or sixth tour that I've done all together. Um, so that was really cool, and I've got lots of people who have supported me right from when I started back in 2015. Well, mate, we couldn't be prouder of you, and we congratulate you and everyone involved in Tour de Cure on on another ride and on the incredible work that this has been able to contribute to. No worries. Thanks very much, AJ. So, Vince, you haven't been around the club for the last week. Obviously, you've been off on the ride, but tell us about what has been happening around the club. Yeah, you're right, AJ, and when you get into the ride, you just forget about everything that's going on around you to some extent, because I've just looked up the uh, results from Saturday. We played a Stapleford uh, medley, 
And uh, winner in A grade was Gary Rodham, a best mate. He had 39 points, so well done, Gary. Uh, Runner-up was George Willis on 38. In B grade, we had Bob Landy on 38 points, taking the grade from Al Jenkin. In C grade, Robin Hood took the, uh, the grade with 37 points from Prue Grant on 36. You needed 34 points to get a ball, and nearest the pins went to George Willis and Margaret Rothwell on the second, Jason Kerr and Bob Landy on the fifth, Troy Grant and Greg Collins on the ninth, Troy Grant on the 11th, George Willis and Colin Thompson on the 13th. On Wednesday, the Stablefoot event, uh, Peter Locke won the A grade with 43 points. Ken Weymouth was runner-up with 39. In B grade, we had Tony Tonta with 43 points, taking the grade from Rob Sobolewski on 40 points. Scores have been fantastic while I've been away here, HR. I've uh, really been missing this. Uh, 33 points to get a ball on Wednesday, and the nearest the pins went to Peter Joyce on the 5th, and Tom Moore and Tony Tonta on the ninth. And the ladies started their championships on Thursday. And we'll talk about the net results first. We had Karen Leatham in A grade winning the uh, event with 73 net from Prue Lloyd on 74. And in B grade, Prue Grant, 74 net, took the grade from Anita Gorsuch on 75. You needed 79 net to get a ball. And the nearest the pins went to Yvonne Holmes on the 5th, Prue Lloyd and Carol Hardman on the 9th. Okay, so in the ladies' championships after round one, Jenny Swanger has a one-stroke lead over Prue Lloyd, Karen Leatham, uh, uh, and Karen Leatham, sorry. And Vicky Brunker is a couple of shots further back with Pauline Davis uh, four shots from the lead. So pretty tight after one round there. In B grade, we've got Carol Hardman leading the grade from Jane Armitage, Anita Gorsuch and Prue Grant, three shots behind, and Margaret Rudesky, uh, five shots. And in C grade, we've got Prue Chalmers leading the way uh, after one round by one stroke from Bev Pirtle. Sue Hancock, two shots behind, as is Carol Maher, and then you drop down to Pauline Sherwin, who's uh, five behind. But... Two rounds to go on the ladies' championships, which will be played on Tuesday and Thursday uh, this week. And the men's championship starts this Saturday. That starts today, uh, AJ. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing what goes on there. Vincent, there's also a couple of events taking place around the club. Yeah, that's right, AJ. Obviously, a club championship's pinnacle of the golfing calendar uh, locally. Obviously, being played this week, and the men's starting today. Um, but coming up in a few weeks' time, we've got the uh, Diggers' Day which is recognising, obviously, our return servicemen. That'll be played on the 23rd of April. So uh, it'd be great to get a good crowd along there in recognition of uh, all those who have served for us. Uh, and meals Friday, Saturday nights, still going strong, AJ? Eh, That's what we like to hear. Vince, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Thank you. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. And that is it for this week's episode of the Weekend Break Podcast. Remember, you can listen to us anytime, wherever you are, via the podcast app and catch up on your previous episodes. And, of course, we'll be back every Saturday from 7am on 2QN. Catch you later.